Winston Churchill once said, success isn't final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. German philosopher Friedrich Wilhelm Nietzsche first stated, out of life's school of war, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. These two popular quotes exemplify overcoming obstacles to succeed and the importance of being resilient. In other words, adopting a growth mindset. But what is a growth mindset? Welcome to Keys to the Future podcast. I'm Gabby Coe, a systems engineering fellow at one of the most successful engineering companies in the world. I'd like to inspire you to stay focused on your STEM education and career journeys through conversations with my guests. Let's get started. According to Dr. Carol Dweck, a professor at Stanford University, people who understand that their abilities have room for development have a growth mindset, while those who believe that success is just the affirmation of their inherent traits, like their intelligence, abilities, or talents, have a fixed mindset. In her TED Talk, Dr. Dweck talks about the power of yet, equating it to thinking and understanding that you have not yet mastered or achieved a certain level or goal because you are still on a learning path to achieve them through continued learning and effort. Essentially, not giving up or getting discouraged by a low-grade or unsuccessful project, but learning from these events to take the next steps and continue on your journey. There is no doubt in my mind that to succeed anywhere in life, a growth mindset is needed. This includes working hard to achieve your goals, whether these are short or long-term, whether you're still in school, starting your career, a new project or job, or mid to late career and beyond. A growth mindset is essential to stimulate your life with rewarding experiences and achieve your goals. Let's talk to some very accomplished women in the technology field to get their advice and perspective on how to foster a growth mindset no matter your career stage. We are joined today by a panel of very accomplished ladies in the technology field. Zaina Barrett is the director of the Space Vehicles Operating Unit at Northrop Grumman and responsible for the Star product line and growth of space vehicle market within her organization. Star is a modular platform for hosting technology development and space mission services. Zaina has over 20 years of experience in the management and execution of programs for the Department of Defense, State, and Health and Social Services. She has a wide breadth of expertise in program management, risk management, process re-engineering, and operations management across various levels of, of the organization. She has a bachelor's degree in business and master's degree in information systems from the University of Phoenix and a graduate certificate of project management from the University of California, Los Angeles. Dr. Suzette Johnson is a Northrop Grumman Fellow for Lean Agile a guiding mindset that facilitates efficiency, effectiveness, and the continuous improvement. She works across their organization to support programs and functions in the implementation of lean agile principles, processes, and digital capabilities. As a certified agile and enterprise coach and scaled agile practice consultant and trainer, her passion is driving lean agile transformation to deliver business outcomes. She has trained and coached more than 4,000 individuals from team to executive level, and has given over 100 presentations at conferences both nationally and abroad. She has to author numerous articles on applying lean agile principles to cyber physical systems. 
Tibet received a doctorate of management technology from the University of Maryland with a dissertation focused on the impact of leadership styles and software project outcomes in traditional and agile environments. Welcome, ladies, and thank you for sharing your experiences with the Keys to the Future community. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Excited for this opportunity. So before we dig in, our listeners would like to get to know you a little more. Can you tell us a bit about your journey to a technology career? Zaina, would you like to start? Sure. So I actually never thought I would be in a technology field. I started off as a music major, working my way through college, and I actually fell into project management, working my very first data entry program and then transitioning to a project coordinator role before going into more project management and program director roles. So it was not an expected part of my journey, and it actually speaks to this entire conversation on the willingness to try new things and see where it goes. I am blessed to have had a fantastic set of mentors that have guided me along the way. But as Gabby said, I've been able to touch lots of different customer sets, lots of different domains, both in Navy weapon systems, command and control systems, and then doing state health and human services was a nice divergence for me that ultimately led me here into space where we get to build really cool and exquisite electronics that we stick on the top of a rocket and get to launch into space. So I am literally living a dream with my teams and being able to work in the space industry. How about you, Suset? So my technology career, when I was in the 90s, um, with the whole dot-com boom, I was actually working for a startup, and that's where my technology career started. And it was an exciting time. We were building new technologies, new capabilities, and because I was working for a startup, I was actually able to see the whole end-to-end operations, everything from gathering customer needs to developing and putting into production and then having to sustain that. Because of that, I've got such a broad perspective of what it means to deliver capabilities. So that was really exciting for me personally and exciting times from a technology perspective. Part of that, disaster recovery was really important to make sure we could maintain our customers' applications and keep them up and running. So I had some disaster recovery experience, which is actually what brought me to Northrop Grumman in the early 2000s. And from there, I I went into systems engineering because I learned that I really love that end-to-end view of our our products and how we develop them. Very similar to Zaina, most of my time has been spent now in defense. Also did three years with health and human services contracts and programs in the federal space, which was the different opportunity where I could learn about different customers, different needs, but also learn what was common about developing products for our customers and keeping a customer focus. And it's also interesting because not only was I technology focused, but I had the opportunity because we're always looking to improve, which is very connected to the growth mindset that we're going to talk about today. But that's where I started working into improving our processes and our practices so that we could deliver capabilities faster. 
And that's where the sort of education and the learning side of this came into play because that meant continuously learning and, and improving and helping others do that as well. So it's been exciting times and through all of that, agile development came into play as we were looking at how do we do things better and deliver capabilities better. So that has been my career journey and where we are today. Very, very impressive careers. And, and I'm sure that you both performed and looked beyond what has been expected of you. And today we're talking about growth mindset. I'm curious about what does having a growth mindset mean to you? So having a growth mindset, it's really about several things. And one is that we want to continuously learn, that we want to learn from our mistakes. And that kind of ties back to that whole agile development mindset, because as we're learning about product development, we're learning and iterating and continuously improving. And that's not so unlike what we do in life. We're on a journey and we're continuously learning and continuously improving along our life's journey that we want to take that learning and actually do something with it to take us to that next step of our careers. We want to be able to embrace challenges and not get too comfortable because once you're comfortable, are you actually learning and changing and growing? So I think having that growth mindset, embrace challenges, taking some risk by trying out new ideas, taking on new projects that you might not have originally anticipated and kind of see where that journey leads you and just learning from feedback. As soon as we have it all figured out, we learn that we really don't have it all figured out. We're always going to learn and being able to accept that learning and accept feedback so that we can continue to improve ourselves and continue to improve how we are actually delivering in our product space as well. I love how Suzette framed that with the continuous learning. For me, it's just putting yourself out there and trying new things, trying things that you've never experienced before, willingness to take risks, and getting over your own fear of failure. Because that can be a real roadblock for many people is there's this sense and fear of failure and, and being able to move past that to try new things, to take on a different assignment, to learn about something new. And the phrase that I will always come back to from our prior CEO was always get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that is your learning space. And I think that if we can each, as soon as you get comfortable, it's time to move on to the next new opportunity or the next learning opportunity or grow in a different direction because then we're all in that continuous learning mindset. I love it. Both of you mentioned continuous learning, lessons learned, always get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's the growth space. It really reminds me of the three R's, relate, repeat, reframe, so that you're always having that continuous learning, learning from each step of your journey and applying those lessons learned as you go forward. I love that input. So a growth mindset is certainly important in life and in all careers. Why do you think a growth mindset is essential, especially in STEM careers? In STEM careers, and especially where we are today in bleeding edge technologies, failures are inevitable. And it's the resiliency of the team 
on how you move past those failures, how you learn from those failures so that you can perfect these brand new technologies that have never been done before. And when you're on that teetering edge, you can't expect that everything is going to work 100% of the time. If it does, it's a miracle because generally we are dealing with many, many learning and failures along the way because that's how we get it right, especially when you're looking at space and you're looking at even human safety and resiliency in space. We want to make sure safety is number one, and so we will test and test and test. And when we think we've done enough testing, we will even test some more. And half of those may end up in failures. We have to be willing to accept those as part of our learning process, and we have to be willing to understand that sometimes our decisions are not going to be 100% decisions. We have to be willing to pivot change directions based on the technology that we have at our fingertips. If we can bring in all of the great ideas and have young people especially not be afraid to raise their hand and bring in their fresh new perspectives, we might actually be able to get there a little bit faster. Applying a growth mindset in our STEM careers is really important because just as Zaina was talking about, it's continuously evolving in the industry, you know, the new technologies, especially in the space sector right now, of, and watching the changes and the explorations that are happening. And whatever product, whether you're space or you end up in another industry, it's all going to be about continuous experimentation and innovation and driving that future change. And that ties into the growth mindset because you have to continuously learn and embrace those new challenges, both of what's happening in the industry around you, but then how do you embrace what's happening in the industry and sort of cultivate that learning to take you to your next step? I see STEM as that opportunity. And that's part of the reason I went into a STEM career was because I loved that learning and that experimentation and innovating and seeing where we could take products and how are we going to continuously evolve and meet the, again, meet the needs of the customers, delivering solutions that provide value. And for me personally, that was just such an exciting place to be because it's definitely not boring. <laughs> um, there's just so much amazing technologies going on around us with artificial intelligence and virtual and augmented reality. and space exploration. So I think it's a really exciting time, especially for those that like to innovate and experiment and learn. So I think it's a great place to be. And I think a STEM career will provide a good journey for those that are interested in these new technologies. I absolutely agree. Technology changes very rapidly and it's an exciting time being in the digital age and like Zaina mentioned, STEM careers, being afraid of failure is really not an option. Having that resiliency within the teams is really key to keep going forward and perfect the next step, the next piece of technology, exploration that needs to happen, and willing to accept that our decisions are not 100% all the time. We need that diversity of thought amongst all the ranks, early careers, mid-careers, 
and later career. So diversity of thought is very important to be able to have that resiliency as well. So in your opinion, what are three characteristics of someone who demonstrates a growth mindset? I think one is a natural curiosity. So because we keep talking about the importance of learning, there's a natural curiosity that you need to kind of foster that learning. So I think that's one of the important characteristics because that's where you're going to experiment. That's where you're going to innovate. Just like we see as early as the Wright brothers to what SpaceX is doing now. Um, so it's that desire to learn and, and experiment and test out your ideas and get feedback. I think the other one is resilient, meaning as you go along your journey, sometimes there are setbacks. Sometimes you're going a certain path and there's a blocker or there's change going on around you and you need to be ready to sometimes embrace that change and then figure out how you're going to use that to take you to your next step. So I think being resilient, being persistent along your journey and at the same time being flexible because things are going to change. And I remember early in my career, my manager was talking about some changes that were coming in the company and she ended it with the statement that the only constant is change. And that's where the resiliency comes in because change is inevitable. And then the resilience is what are you going to do with it and how are you going to embrace it? And I think the third one is around humility, meaning if you have embraced a growth mindset, it means realizing that you don't have it all figured out, that there's always something new to learn, and keeping an open mind, even if someone is sharing ideas that might be different than yours, and thinking, well, maybe there's something I don't know, and I really need to listen to these ideas, even though they might be different than the direction I, I was thinking we were going or maybe what I've experienced in the past. So I think curiosity, resilience, and the humility are three important characteristics of a growth mindset. I feel like Suzette and I are probably playing some Jedi mind tricks with each other because in <laughs> front of me, those three characteristics that I had written were resiliency, agility, and being humble. And so they are right in alignment with what Suzette just framed with the resiliency of how you, it, it's not just being able to get past a failure, it's how you behave in order to get past that failure. You don't bring everybody down with you, you have to lift everybody up around you. And that embraces the failure, but it also embraces the learning. And from an agility perspective, being okay with changing direction, that flexibility, knowing that, hey, we may have invested a million dollars going down a particular path for technology, and we'll spend the 999th dollar only to understand and realize that something else has come into play the landscape may have changed, a new technology may have been invented, and it's time to cut bait and pivot without guilt and without looking back at all of what we've spent or the effort that went into it. There's still learning there that we can leverage, but sometimes you have to have that flexibility to change direction. And then being a humble and servant leader means also 
being willing to admit when you're wrong. And you will gain a lot more trust and respect through your career, through building credibility, and ensuring that people trust you when you're willing to admit when you're wrong or take accountability for mistakes, errors. It's, again, bringing it back to the resiliency of how do you manage and what are your behaviors to work back through that. I love it. I heard natural curiosity so that you foster learning. Resilience, don't let the failures define you. It's how you respond, what counts to keep going forward. Then you both mentioned humility. You really don't have it all figured out. We're human beings. We're not perfect, and we don't have everything figured out all the time. Accept that, that you can continue to learn and move forward. And the agility part is be willing to change direction. Reminds me of that third R that we just mentioned, reframe, change the direction. Learn from what you have done to date and then reframe and pivot, as you mentioned, if you need to. So there are many things that can undermine a growth mindset, excuses, worries, perfectionist thinking, past failures like we've been talking about, even imposter syndrome. Have you ever experienced any of these and how you were able to overcome any of these barriers? This is a constant work in progress to think that I am here today without a little bit of imposter syndrome sitting in the back of my brain that kind of sits there and ruminates and it can fuel a really big fire. So being able to segregate that and compartmentalize that and, and being able to say, no, I am worth it. I am worthy. My experiences show that I have all of the right tools in the toolbox to do this job and do it well is a work in progress. Nobody has all of the tools all of the time, especially when we're learning something new. So being able to quiet that little ruminating voice in the back of your head, because that just will instill fear. And fear to me is the biggest enemy for a growth mindset. And if you can quiet that little voice and try new things and take risks, it's hard. You know, you get those butterflies in the pit of your stomach the first time you try something new, but then you take the first step and then you take the next step. And if you're just looking at taking that very next step, it makes it a lot easier than trying to tackle a massive, massive problem that you're trying to accomplish. I take it as taking a hike up a mountain. It may be an easy trail, it may be a medium trail, it may be a really hard trail. All three trails will eventually get you up the mountain. But the one thing is you still have to put one foot in front of the other in order to get to the next level and the next level after that. So quieting that voice in the back of your head and really just taking a look at those initial few steps, getting through those, and then taking those next steps. Yeah, I really like that, Zaina. It's interesting because when you start your career, you think everybody's got it all figured out, and you realize 
everybody doesn't have it all figured out. We're all going through this journey and there's a certain confidence though because of the the experiences that you have or the people around you that you know you can depend on helps along that journey provides you that confidence that even if I don't have it all figured out, I've got a team that I'm working with. And I want to pull a little bit on that concept of fear that Zaina mentioned, because that has, that was a kind of a pivotal moment for me specifically. And when I was in my twenties and I would be in, in meetings and I did not want to speak up and share my ideas. So what I would do is I would share it with a couple of the people around me. And then they would share my ideas. <laughs> and one, it was interesting because then you got to see how they were going to be perceived. Um, and then it was in- interesting because at one point when that happened, you know, the, the individual looked at me and said, well, that was really Suzette's idea. And I appreciate the fact that you know, I was starting to get credit for my ideas. And then I reflected on that a, a lot and realized that presenting ideas and, and having things that you want to share is really important because you're going to learn from the feedback that you get. And you also have to realize that not all of your ideas are going to be accepted and, and that's okay. You got to you know, realize that, but you'll get more ideas out on the table and more positive feedback than if you don't say anything at all. And then that feedback for the ideas that aren't accepted or tried, you can figure out why and how to improve upon it. So, when we're talking about fear, I had a, we t- mentioned mentors. I had a, a mentor a long time ago where I, he asked me to give a presentation at an engineering conference on my journey and agile and what did agile mean to my team and how was it helping us be successful. And up to that point, I had never, ever given a presentation in front of a group of people farthest thing from my mind that I would ever do. But he encouraged me and I did. And then I realized through that experience is that one, we should all have a voice and we should all be willing to listen to others because just because we're having a voice doesn't mean we're always right. But the other thing that got me through that fear was I realized it wasn't really about me. It was really about sharing ideas that can help us as a team or to help others. And once I shifted that perspective and getting outside of myself and really looking and realizing that what I wanted to do was to help my team be successful, help my company be successful, help my customer be successful, that fear went away because I was no longer looking at myself, but how can I help and serve others? And based on that, when you talked about my intro, now trained and coached, you know, four or 5,000 people and hundreds of presentations at this point, sharing the best practices and success patterns that we've seen. And hopefully through all of that, we've been able to make all of us just a little bit better. I love that. Zaina, you mentioned imposter syndrome can fuel a really big fire. Oh, wow, I, I truly get that. But you gotta get over that fear. You have to say it to yourself, I'm worthy of being here. I've done the work. I got what it takes. I give it my all, and I'm willing to learn. And with that, you got have to build that confidence because you didn't just get there because you sat around. You have your own set of experiences that you bring to the table, 
and Suzette, you mentioned, don't be afraid of speaking up. Because if you have all these experiences that you bring to the table, you need to share that. And by sharing those ideas, we can learn from each other and make an idea a better concept if we share with each other. People that have fixed mindset typically think that if they're not good at something, that's just the way it is, and they accept that. They will never be good at it. So can you think of a time you faced an important opportunity or challenge with a fixed mindset, and what were your thoughts and worries then? And I'll kind of pull on what I was just talking about was really that kind of fear of speaking up and sharing ideas and how are you going to be perceived by your peers. And I remember talking with one of my coworkers once about that. And it was all about like, if you want to continuously improve, you want to move forward with your career, you want to do more and exciting things. You're going to have to get past the idea of sometimes being told no, because that was really hard for me at first. Then I realized if I only ask what I'm only going to get a yes, I'm really limiting the possibilities. So instead of asking maybe for three things and getting three yeses, maybe we discuss 10 things and maybe as a team, we now have five ideas that we can move forward with. That literally took some thinking through and then being okay that um, not everything is going to like be perfect or maybe we'll try some things and they'll work. We'll try some other things. They won't work. But just getting through that, kind of taking that next step, like Zayn was talking, it's, it's these small steps of incremental improvements along the way. And I think that's what we have to do to get out of that fixed mindset is take that next step think about what is it that's holding you back and then what are you going to do about it? What's that next step? So that next step for me was, all right, I'm going to start sharing. And I realize sometimes I'm going to be told no, and that's okay, but I'm going to do everything with the mindset of what is in the interest of my team and our product again, and how can we be better? But I had to be intentional at first about how to get over that little bit of anxiety of being heard. I love that, Suzette, and that anxiety that feeds into the ruminating voice in the back of your head that feeds into the fear that, you know, you're sometimes your own worst enemy. So I think back to a time very early in my career, it was just post 9-11, I was a young 20-something, still working my way through college, and I was put on an assistant secretary of defense tiger team. And I was looking around the room as the first meeting started, seeing, you know, lieutenant colonels and full bird colonels and GS-14s and 15s and SESs in the room, and I thought they had it wrong. Like I thought they invited the wrong person sitting in that room. And it was one of my mentors who was actually sitting next to me, who I didn't know had nominated me for this tiger team. I went in not one, not knowing what I was doing there. And two, thinking, okay, how do I bow out gracefully and make sure that they can still do what they need to do? Because clearly there are a lot of smart people in this room that can get this job better than me. 
And he said, no, you need to stay. You have the right answer already. We just need to help the rest of this room get there with you. And that was a really pivotal moment in my career. One, having a senior leader that has confidence in you that says, no, you got this. And two, talking through how to achieve objectives and perspectives, even when you don't have all of the experience that others might have. There's value in new ideas. There's value in young people coming out with fresh perspectives. And that was a real pivotal moment for me. And thankfully, I was able to garner the respect of those leaders. And we were ultimately able to, it was actually bringing in native linguists in the Middle East and being able to make sure that they were trained up on our military tactics and ultimately give them U.S. citizenship while we were engaged in war in the Middle East. And that's a big burden for anyone to carry, but it was those small incremental steps, those conversations, the building trust, and to your point, Suzette, not only asking the question when you know the answer is yes, it's asking the question where you might even be able to get a maybe, and then you can figure it out from there. I'll take a maybe any day if that leaves the door open for future conversations and different ideas and new ways of doing things. So for me, it was very early in my career where I really didn't have the confidence yet Again, to your point, Gabby, that confidence, the busting through the fear and being put out in a forum with senior leaders, and I actually did have the right answer. And that changed so many things for me in the years to come in how I handle senior leadership and perspectives and politics too, because politics has a has a place in this too. Just kind of building up that for a second, it would be a really great conversation to have about the importance of leadership that plays in this and our mentors, because we've talked about that and mentioned that a lot as we've been having this conversation. And I think that part of the journey and having that mentor, having that person mm-hmm. is so important to help kind of help you through that next step when you're starting in your career. Completely agree. Yes, absolutely. I agree. You mentioned building those relationships and building that trust. That's also very important. Zaina, I love the analogy you made earlier about hiking up the mountain, taking a step at a time and figuring things out that way so that it's not so overwhelming. And then to said, you also mentioned get over the fear of what are my peers going to say? What are people going to think? You don't know what they're going to think until you voice that idea and they may think, yeah, wow, what a great idea. Why didn't we think of that before? Or they may say no, but so what? You spoke to your mind, you made your thoughts known, and that could lead not just the group or yourself to the next step, but it can encourage others to do the same. 
by having a fixed mindset, you are limiting yourself to discovering your true capacity. What could that be? So I'm curious about how do you foster your growth mindset and what tips you would give the audience who would like to start cultivating a growth mindset or continue to do so? I actually use this with my college son and my daughter. I always start with the question, what's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? If you try something new or you speak up and you give a comment or propose an idea, what's the worst that could happen? And in most cases, somebody says no. And part of having that growth mindset is accepting that no. The world is not going to come to an end. Time is not going to stop. The worst that could happen is somebody says no. Or, hey, maybe I don't like your idea, but let me take a piece of your idea and let's change it and morph it and make it even better. So I always start with the question, what's the worst that could happen? And then I start to evaluate the risks from there. If it's going to be a, a major career move and lots of changes and you're relocating your family across the country, there may be a few more factors involved in that evaluation. But don't stop yourself from taking that next step because you're too afraid. So think about the worst that could happen. And most people kind of dial it back and go, okay, the world's not coming to an end. Time is not going to stop. Therefore, I can take the next step. Yeah, I like that, Zaina. I was, as you were talking, thinking about, because I also have a, a teenage son about going, about ready to go into college, and we're talking through different ideas and kind of laying out what the goals are, how can we learn more as he's making decisions about his career, asking questions. I've always been raised, and I raised my son to do the same, it's like always okay to ask a question and that'll keep ideas open and on the table and that helps you make better, more informed decisions as you take that next step in your journey. Also, I think fostering a growth mindset is tied back into the continuous learning. So a couple things is like reading, learning about what others around you are doing because that will also help keep a growth mindset for you and just setting learning goals. My son naturally does this as well. Like he's a cross country runner and what he's always doing is tracking his time and his setting new goals. And he's always reflecting back on those and how did he do and what does he need to do to continuously improve? And he has a journal that he keeps all of that in because he wants to be a better runner. And that's the same thing, whether it's running or whether it's something else that you are very passionate about in your career, is setting those targets and then kind of measuring yourself and how are you actually improving and helping you to that next level, whatever that next level is. It's the worst that could happen. You're right. You're never going to know if you don't try. And then asking questions, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Just because you ask a question doesn't mean that you're going to look stupid. You just don't know. You're just inquiring. You're curious about that topic. And then tracking your steps, I, I definitely relate to that because I, I track how many steps have I walked today. 
and setting new targets. But just like we do that with the exercise, we can also do that with our own goals on getting to the next level. Are there any specific activities? And you kind of both have touched on this. Are there any specific activities you recommend that will help to develop a growth mindset? Thinking about as a young student, early career, even uh, mid or late career. What are your thoughts? Some of the activities that you know, I've done just as part of my career that have been valuable to me is, well, one, I've always been a goal setter. I, um, since about the age of 14, <laughs> um, always set goals, set targets, and then what is it that I need to do to reach that goal? And what is it that I need to learn? Who do I need to talk to? I think we've talked several times at this point about having that mentor early on. And a lot of my mentors early on were what I would call informal mentors, meaning I did target them to be my mentor, but I never actually said, hey, will you be my mentor? Maybe I should have, maybe be a little more intentional. But I had specific people that I said, okay, I want them to be my mentor. And what is it that I want to learn from them? Or how can they help me better understand you know, whatever environment that I'm working in or that next step of my journey? Just like my son, he wants to go into environmental engineering. So let's just go talk with people and learn more and keep that, you know, that, that mind open about what that next opportunity is. In addition, I keep journals. That's just what I do. I like to reflect so that I can sort of learn from the past as I'm kind of moving to the future and continuously grow because I worked with someone once and we were like, you know, life has a tendency, we have a tendency to repeat the same lessons over and over again until we learn the lesson. So what is it that we need to learn so that we can go that next level? And for me, journaling, I can see trends in my own career path about what's been successful. And I can also see where I'll be looking like two years ago and I'll be like, huh, I was asking the same questions and I still haven't solved it. So what is it that I need to do differently to take me to that next level or that next opportunity? So there's a couple things that of activities that I've tried that have been helpful along my journey. Zaina, what are your thoughts? I love that journaling. I might have to pick that one up in my toolbox. But my recommendation is to travel. Try new things. Try new experiences. Or if you're a student, get into different clubs, try different activities, take a class about something you're interested about, but not necessarily something that you want your career to be driven. You know, these are safe places where you can experiment with your growth mindset. You can let the curiosity run. I am not a very good cook, so I have taken some cooking classes to experiment, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. You know, my family always has pizza on speed dial in case my experiment doesn't work very well. <laughs> and then as you come into the work environment, you can take that toolbox of having the safe space to open and ask questions and earn your voice and bring it into an employee resource group, bring it into an affinity group at work. You know, these are safe spaces where you can ask questions, get feedback, bounce ideas off of people, and even find a mentor in many cases. 
that's willing to help you explore a different area than you're in. But my recommendation is to find those safe places where you can spread your wings and gain that confidence so that as you come into the work environment and you're building your career path, you've already started those muscle memory of spreading those wings and it's easier to put that fear aside and it's easier to put that anxiety aside because you can sit there and go, what's the worst that could happen? I've already done this before. I tried it in a different place and I've already done this before. It's gaining those little bits of confidence that help you drive, find your voice and find your confidence. That's wonderful. Setting goals and targets, talking to mentors, multiple mentors, not just one mentor, get different perspectives. The reflection through journaling, I like that. I also think I'm going to include that in my toolbox. And travel, just to learn about others, learn how, what makes people tick, so to speak. And having those safe spaces that, Zaina, you mentioned, where you feel like, hey, what's the worst that can happen? Are people going to laugh at me or are they going to cheer me on? But So what? Having that experiment to build your confidence is important. So now I have three rapid fire questions for you both. The first one is, how will you challenge yourself today? I am going somewhere new. I am hopping on a plane here in a few hours, and we're leaving for Ireland to experience a brand new country that I have never been to before. And I am so excited to see the greenery that everybody talks about, but also see these little quaint towns and some of the shops. I'm just super excited to go somewhere new. That is so exciting, Zaina. I've been there and love it. That'll be so much fun. <laughs> Send me pictures. <laughs> so so one thing I'm doing actually today, my son and I and my husband, we're going off to visit on our first university tour as my son's kind of exploring college options. So we're real excited about just kind of learning more about university life for my son. And then what I'm doing personally is I am working on a book about lean and agile practices for the development of systems. And that is definitely a, a challenge. So much learning comes out of writing a book. It's not something for everyone because it takes up a lot of time, but the learning from that is amazing. And the learning from the research, but the learning from interviewing others is a great opportunity. That's what I'm doing right now. Very impressive. Okay, number two question. A book you're currently reading, what's on your night table? Yeah, so I am never reading just one book. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I am an avid reader. I actually keep a database on a lot of my books because I'm, I'm an obsessive re reader and researcher about, you know, how do we continuously improve, right? And one of those things I do is read. So I am reading a book. They're all work-related mostly, but it's the PMO to VMO, which is a program management office to value management office, and rethinking how we manage products. Also reading about industrial digital twins and how are digital twins being used in manufacturing. And the one that's less technical kind of focus is the power of moments. And Zaina talked about pivotal moments, and it's interesting because I'm putting together a presentation on those pivotal moments in our career. But the power of moment in that book is similar in um, concept. So um, that's what I'm reading right now is the power of moments in our journey. 
Suzette, I might have to pull some of your books off of your reading list and put them on mine. <laughs> Um, since I'm actually getting ready for vacation, I am sitting on a fluffier novel, what I call junk food for my brain. So it's a Lee Child, <laughs> Jack Reacher, Jack Reacher novel that's called No Plan B. I think it's book 23 or 24 in the series, but it definitely helps ground me with some fluff and not so seriousness. But the other one that I've got sitting on my nightstand is Joy at Work. And so being able to look for those moments because sometimes work is hard. And when you're dealing with hard technical challenges, it can be really impactful to celebrate the failures and celebrate the people and the moments that make it worth it. So that's the other one on my nightstand. But I'm I'm definitely looking forward to more junk food for my brain this week. <laughs> Interesting. Very interesting. I, I think I'm going to put some of those books on my shelf as well. But okay, the third one is what else do you want to learn? I just want to keep learning how to be a better leader. In the role I'm in and the journey that I've taken, I've had smaller teams, five, 10 people. I've had medium-sized teams, 50 to 100 people. And in the organization that I'm in, I touch almost 500 people through the work week. And that is a broad scope of people that are under my care that I need to be a servant leader to. And I am always striving on how I can be a better leader. I love that, Zaina. That's nice. I like it. Mine are a little bit more technical in nature. There are two, they're very closely related that I am working hard to learn right now. And that is exploring the new space economy and the rising commercialization of space exploration. I find it fascinating and I've, I've just been studying and researching the, the changes that are happening in, in the space economy and I'm just loving that learning. In addition, that relates to things like artificial intelligence, machine learning, and how are these new digital capabilities impacting our future ways of working. And I've been talking a lot about that with my son because I'm like, whatever, you know, however we're working today, it's, it's going to look different in five years with the increasing tech digital capabilities, especially like artificial intelligence. And how is that going to impact your job in five years? So that's something I'm exploring now and thinking about and looking at how is it going to change how we do work. Ladies, thank you so much for speaking up and sharing your experiences with us today. Well, thank you. Thank I you, Gabby. The opportunity. Thank you very much, Gabby. In closing, remember that you're not alone in your educational or career journey. Seek to form a community around you that will encourage you to be the best version of yourself and accomplish your goals. Thanks to my guests, Zaina Barrett and Dr. Suzette Johnson. Thanks to Roger Coe for endless reviews and encouragement. And thanks to Joe, always. Keys to the Future podcast is available anywhere you get your podcasts. You can follow Keys to the Future on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. I'm Gabby Coe, and I'll be back next week with another episode of Keys to the Future. Thank you.